Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got an heart. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all going to laugh at you. I'm listening to the Jersey Ghouls. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And today to continue down the dark dreary road that is A24 with us, we are so thrilled to be welcoming Katie Moyer once again back to the show to get all intellectual and classy with us for A24. Katie, hello. Ahoy hoy. Hi. I'm excited to be back. We're so excited to have you and um, we're thrilled to have you talk about all kinds of A24 with us. Um, since you missed our, our intro, a little real quick, Katie, first of all, um, what is your intro to A24? Like, what was your, oh, now I know what A24 is movie. Oh, God, that you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what, like, let me do a Mine quick... was definitely The Witch. Like, that was what put it on yeah. the map for me. That I I feel like I knew before then, like what A24 was and what it was all about. It was definitely Elijah Wood. It was so it was the what the piano, um, the one where he's has to keep playing. Um, and there's a sniper after him. What is that movie? Oh, yeah. See, I had um, a feeling you got you got into it a little earlier. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, and I think that it was Sounds definitely awesome, that though. one because it was a big um because that was the big it was his production company his movie and it was a very different thing for him to be doing um then again he i mean i we all know him as frodo so i was gonna say you had me at elijah Wood, um, so. it was it was like it was frodo and then he was in sin city as that um assassin that mm-hmm. creepy assassin and then he was kind of this like victim in this piano movie and i wish i could remember the name of it but that really brought me into it and um kind of following everything he was doing and then uh, Ex Machina, um, Alex Garland. I yep. love him as a screenwriter and a creator. So his directorial debut there. And that was, you know, sold after that. The, you know, A20, I kind of felt A24 could do more no wrong. Uh, and it's always surprising to me what it lives in the A24 production. Like Green Room is an A24 movie. That mm-hmm. is not the intellectual, like, stuff we're going to be talking about today. That's yeah, just, you yeah. know, Nazis in a pub. <laughs> yeah. no so true and even like bodies 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 i thought really shirked the most traditional a24 ish for like a very mainstreamy feel that i i really enjoyed actually yeah. what there's the audrey plaza movie too um what was 
where she comes back my she's the undead girlfriend um oh yeah what is that called i liked that becky? I, I, yeah no. oh um yeah. becky is something else but i feel like her the name becky is in the title it's like light my anyway. life with something or like life after becky life after becky that's life what after is, beth yeah. beth yes thank you see i was getting becky mixed up with beth <laughs> thank you jackie almost said your screen name <laughs> as you what, should you should refer name? to her what screen <laughs> what? name katie would you already asked her yes that is ja- <laughs> that is jackie's screen name as we have gone through all these a24 episodes um yeah <laughs> i kid with love i kid I with love i, I very much a, appreciate i hope we get an anger cease and desist from a24 that would be the coolest thing ever for this podcast um <laughs> if we haven't gotten one for me it's not coming yeah i think we're fine katie real quick I watched Thanksgiving. Oh no! Why? Yeah, I, I wrote. I wrote him a note afterwards. It was an aggressive one. I'm not gonna lie. It, it was. A, okay. Yeah, I was not a fan. Two <laughs> thumbs down. Would not recommend. Oh, I just watched Blood Rage again. Oh. That's that's my Thanksgiving form. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way better. Way better choice. Um, so just like last week uh, when we did a couple A24s, we're gonna once again let our guest choose. So Katie decided, and I think we went a little deeper into the deep end of A24 dumb in this episode, <laughs> if that's fair. Uh, you um, think? <laughs> and this uh, this week, guys, we're gonna talk about killing of a sacred deer and Bo is afraid. And Bo is afraid is a little newer, so I am gonna warn. Spoiler alerts here. Um. You know, just in case you haven't seen these, you might want to give it a break, but it won't matter anyway, because none of it will make any sense. So. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because you won't understand what's going on because you don't really understand what's going on and it's, it's a fever dream. So, yep. so don't, I don't, don't worry that, too much. I don't think that nightmare comedy yeah. was my uh, favorite description. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I say, and then the dick comes out and kills everybody, I'm being literal. Okay. <laughs> Giant cock enormous <laughs> balls yep uh, oh a24 all right so i guess we'll go chronological order here so we'll start things off with killing of a sacred deer and uh katie why this one uh well honestly i picked these two because you told me a24 and these were two that were on my watch list and they were very high up on the watch list so um, <laughs> i'm fairly certain killing of a sacred deer was about to leave netflix so, so i was like that sounds like a good idea um, I, it's my first Yorgos Lanthimos film. I have not seen The Lobster. Um, I don't have much interest in seeing poor things. Uh, but um, I, 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 his style blew me away. And um, I I loved both of these movies. I think they tied really well together. Um, but Killing of a Sacred Deer had this really weird, like synthetic horror thing to it that I just, I love that you didn't know what was going on. I could go on, but I I don't know where we want to start with it. I knew you were going to love it is where we're going to start with it. Um, <laughs> I I don't, and guys, I'm going to apologize ahead of time in what can I, I could only describe as uncharacteristic of me. I have no idea how to land on either of these films. And I, I kind of love and hate them at the same time. And I think that's a very normal reaction for me to A24s, especially on my, my first watch. Like, I have to admit, the first time I saw Midsummer, I was like, I'm so overwhelmed and now I fucking adore that movie so it's like sometimes it takes me a while even like the lobster I've come around to the films some of them I haven't but so I'm just gonna say I I'm I'm like team Switzerland here I can take or leave these but I see the brilliance in both of them and appreciated both for what I think they were supposed to be Jackie now your turn okay um so I can say that I certainly do not love either one of these films but I don't hate either one of these films. 
Um, I I had texted Marissa earlier this week, and I'm I apologize. I'm going to be reading because I want to say it was like very um fresh in my mind when I had finished watching Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, and I said that on paper, I think the plot sounds interesting. And, um, you know, like the, the main storyline about a boy becoming obsessed with revenge and maybe having some sort of supernatural power tormenting the family, or maybe it was just something transmitted chemically on the gifts that he gave. Like, I don't know. We don't know how this family has fallen ill and it seems like it is this kid's fault. Um, but I had said that the way the actors delivered their lines and the script well, they were a choice. Um, I can't say it was a bad choice because the two kind of went hand in hand. Watching this movie made you feel like a voyeur. Uh, it makes you feel uncomfortable. And if that's the point, job well done. It was effective. I can't fault the actors for doing the good job. Um, it wasn't as terrible as I thought I was, uh, but I certainly will not be watching it again. And this goes back to my general complaint about most A24 movies is, you know, in the limited time that I have to spend on my own when I'm not at work or focusing on something with my family, I would not choose a movie like this to watch. I I would rather have my entertainment be different. Entertaining. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like I, I, I would much rather, you know, I'm, I'm more for, you know, if I'm going to watch a horror movie, I'd give me a, a vampire movie, give me something. Give me a comedy like I uh, my entertainment. It's just different. Um, not trying Jackie, to uh, your ghost yuck. Lenthimos uh, refers to this film as a comedy. So I don't know what you want from it. <laughs> Didn't Hitchcock refer well, to uh, Psycho as a comedy as well? I mean, so... I giggle. <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm, but again, not... like it's it's I'm I'm not going to yuck somebody's yum. Um, but I, I, surprisingly, this movie at the very least had me engaged. Like, I, I didn't really find myself checking the time on this one. Um, it had me engaged enough and, you know, kind of curious as to what is going to happen, what is happening. You know, I I felt weird. I felt awkward. And I think that's part of the point. So, okay. And then when Marissa told me that it was based on a Greek myth, I kind of dug into the myth a little bit and I was like, Oh, okay. So the title makes sense. Things made a lot more sense after kind of perusing the summary of that Greek myth. So the sacrifice um, of Iphigenia is the myth. Yeah, it was, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I don't know, this kind of seemed like uh, a really drawn out episode of the X-Files, because I think there was an episode of the X-Files where someone could influence somebody like that. Wasn't there a character? I think it was a recurring character that kept coming back where like with he could influence people with his mind and it just kept making me think of that um so yeah that's that's kind of my two cents on this wow jackie you literally just like rambled all the 12 point like you gleaned <laughs> everything that like i want to go back and dive it up we have to unpack every single well, one of your oh, your brilliant also, points there. i should say that I'd in like my to... notes i have never written the phrase ew 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 more times in my in in the history of this podcast i ooed so many times for like but again i think that was kind of the point that there's like this weird uncomfortableness but ugh, they're all mm -hmm. so gross and weird and all right hold on we got to take it back to square one because i feel like you just went in 12 circles <laughs> on me um let's go back um katie give us a little bit of the background of the greek myth because you say it's so much classier than i would 
<laughs> the sacrifice of Iphigenia. So this is actually from, I, I don't know if it's directly from the Iliad, but there is an actual tragedy of play that is based around it. And it is King Agamemnon and he's on his way to the Trojan War and he winds up in Aulis. And this is the where the fleet is departing um, to go to Troy. Uh, and he goes into a sacred grove and kills a deer. And this pisses Artemis off. Um, and Ar so Artemis is like, I'm going to make the winds not favorable for you. And, uh, a seer tells King Agamemnon that, uh, th in order for him to, you know, cross the sea, he has to appease Artemis by killing his eldest daughter, Iphigenia. Um, and the really shitty thing is that Agamemnon is like, you get to marry Achilles, come on down to Aulis, and you'll get to go to the temple of Artemis and marry Achilles. And right up until yeah, her actual death, she thinks she gets to marry Achilles, and then she dies. And yep. then the winds go back in the favor, and there are some tellings where she doesn't die and Artemis Correct. actually saves. This one is more in line with the, the dead one, yeah. <laughs> as we saw. Agreed. And yeah, a rumor to not be directly linked to anything Homer did. So I think Euripides was the author for this one. Okay. Um, if any of these guys are actually existed. But uh, yeah, no, I think that's a, an important part of all this. I think the idea of the lens of this as a Greek tragedy actually really kind of resonates for me. It makes a lot of sense. And I have to say this to me is the beauty of A24 and why I gush about this, this, these types of films is because I do really love unpacking all of this. And one of the profound parts something you said jackie was you you were like i kept saying ew 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 which is funny because when you think about some of the most horrific gross things we've watched for this sh this show nothing really happens other than their discomfort with being human like and, and that's part of what makes all of this so ill and to me part of what like really drives home what i think is the big um like one of the big themes here besides obviously like his hubris and all that oh the playing god all that obvious stuff to me this idea of just how horribly sterile and horrific like the rich burbs are like i love yeah. that reading of why they're because i think jackie it's so funny you read all your texts because mine was literally like are they on special needs and like i was because i couldn't for like the first 30 minutes of the film determine why they were acting it so horrifically because we know colin farrell we know nicole kidman we know what all these people are capable of even the kid martin like that was a choice right mm -hmm. Absolutely. and what's your take on that choice you guys well, so I think it really plays into Stephen's reputation. So Colin Farrell is has created this. So first of all, I want to say this because I feel like what we're looking at is a god complex or a king complex. Um, and in both films, I'm just bringing it in here, we have the patriarchal lens and the matriarchal lens. And we'll get into the matriarchal lens when we talk about Bo, but this is the patriarchal lens where Stephen is really like, He's constructed his family's existence to live in this very sterile source of stability for himself. Um, when he goes to the award show, there's this part where uh, the anesthesiologist asks Nicole Kidman, um, he's like, uh, you know, come out with us or something like that. And Nicole Kidman's like, no, he has an early surgery. And he goes, no, oh, it's not that late. Come on. And then Stephen goes, well, I have an early surgery. And the anesthesiologist, oh, okay. And so like, if you notice, everyone only listens to him. He gives orders. He gives directives. He is the king of his castle. Um, and it's very sterile. And like the camera is constantly looking down on him in these wide shots, which builds this kind of insignificance of his own hubris. Like 
it, it's just incredibly crafted right up until the moment when we have Martin, who is effectively actually God or Artemis or little G God, whatever, uh, coming in and being like, all right, like, because the camera's always looking up at him. We're zooming in on him. He is the source of some sort of power. And and I love the exposition. I, it's the only time I time checked when you said you didn't time check, Jackie. I was like, 52 minutes. They're sitting at that little thing and is just like, okay, now your family's going to get really sick and die unless you kill one of them. And I thought it was the most effective exposition dump I've ever seen on screen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It goes from zero to a hundred of that. And, and the, the beautiful tension mounting up to it. Cause you know, you're, you're just like, it's like well, almost like choking you. And the twist of the power dynamic too, oh because God, up yes. until that moment, you thought it like, it felt like Steven is like just trying to placate this boy because his dad died and he felt like maybe he felt a little bit of guilt that we haven't seen yet. But it actually, when you go back and think about it, it's like, no, he's trying to just like, yeah, he's trying to placate him. Like, look, here's a watch here. I'll go have dinner with your mom. Just please don't hurt my family. Like, it's yeah. like he knew the whole time. It's so creepy. It, is. it was so like thinking about it. I know because he's, they do such a good job of, right? Like just mounting that tension. Oh, it is beautifully done. I agree with you. And I like that. I think it's, it's really important. I, it's interesting because at first I was like, is he like really guilty of too much hubris? Like at first he wasn't so bad. And that's what gets me too. And that's why I keep going back to like, not only is it just reading him as a God, but like, I'm as like the, the tragic character and Martin as the God, but also just reading how, just I guess tragic the burbs are to me and tragic that kind of wealth and power is and how it everyone's so sterile in this world because they're all such victims of the horrors of like just I don't know it just feels so like you said just sterile and aloof and horrific and even the kids in their minor rebellions against him are like because the one kid does have the long hair right they can't be that afraid of him that's <laughs> like that's what part of the dynamic of the power like it, for me it's like he's obviously the kid's not cutting his hair the girl's gonna go you know do what she's gonna do with or without him i don't know that he has as much power over this world as he thinks he does really the only time nicole kidman does give over to me give over all her power is when they do the weird creepy sex and isn't that weird because it is it's all kind of performative for him right like we see what 100%. Nicole Kidman smoking in the garden, like with the hose, which is she's smoking and it's like, he's a cardiologist and she's, this is yeah. open rebellion in front of her daughter and Martin and everyone. And it's, but it's because it's all performative for Steven. We need to make sure his reputation hit what he thinks is going on is nice and good because he's an alcoholic idiot psycho who thinks the world revolves around him. <laughs> and I, I love when a film can add magical realism in such a like, jarring way like i feel like we throw magical realism around but so few get it right i i have just heard this term <laughs> so like we i don't throw know it like around just, well like in literature and stuff like we, we throw oh, around yeah, the okay. idea that a, a book or whatever can be so realistic and then all of a sudden something so fantastical happens but because it's so realistic you're like okay fair enough like that's just legit um and magical like i always think of like uh you know 100 years in solitude like yeah uh you know that's, that's like the, the granddaddy of all the granddaddy magical, magical realism, realism right yeah. this film does it beautifully i think because like you're at no point did i doubt martin's power yet i wanted no explanation and i just accepted that it be what it be and this kid's gonna fuck around and we're all gonna find out because and to me that's that's so well done like so i may not have like, I may not ever be like, hmm, I'm in the mood for the killing of a sacred deer, but I'll never not appreciate how beautiful he does that. 
I like the ambiguity. I like that we could think that Martin has some sort of superpower. Or I like the explanation that, I mean, he specifically brought every member of the family a gift. You know, he's, you know, and, and it's like, you know, could there, Ooh, could I there digest be, that. Could there be something like, you know, we don't know what Martin knows kind of thing. Like it could go either way. Like I said, he brought gifts to every person. Could there have been some sort of, I don't know, something on the gift? Yeah. Everybody touched, you know, he hugged people. You know, he could have very easily transferred, I don't know, very easily, but he could have transferred some shenanigans. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, my question would be, how does, how does he undo it at the end? Um, And I found it very interesting that the, um, I can't remember her name and her character name, but Nicole Kidman um, never, never did, never had symptoms. Though I will say if it, if I had the choice, she would have been gone. Oh, well, so I need to just put a little lint. <laughs> I need to just put a pin in that because what mother doesn't immediately go, okay, me, I'll do it. I'm sorry. I'll do it. Like, um, kill me. 100%. My children, yeah, my children are not. Instead, she's negotiating. I can have another kid. I'm not too old. Yeah, she's like, listen, yeah. we can lose one and replace it. Like, what a horrific, oh, it made me, my skin crawl. It made the mom and me got so bad because I was like, in no world would I even think twice about being like, nope, it's got to be me. Bye. I had a good run. Like, so fuck you, Nicole Kidman character. And that's one of my gripes with this film and why this is the one thing that sometimes I'm like, May 24, fucking none of these people are people you root for. Maybe except Martin. And here's the thing, like, I've never seen the play performed, obviously. I mean, the Greek myth or tragedy. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if maybe Iphigenia Iphigenia is... um, Iphigenia? Sure. You're, God bless you. (laughs) is is going to be the person i root for but god damn it i don't root for any of these people and i wish they made the daughter a more likable like as much as you can make a weird 12 I mean, year old who just had her first period not even likeable. not even the son not even a little bit i none of these characters like i said the per, the closest person i have any sympathy for is martin which i think is something gone wrong because steven's a douche and's a total fucking dickwad um and the two kids i'm just like yeah okay one of you is gonna die what about did i alicia did I silverstone oh she's but martin's I, mom so she like eats her? his hand just, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and that's one of my gripes with this is that like i i didn't care i the sterility worked almost too well for me i i was just annoyed by every single character and was like all right well what are you gonna die when he did the eeny meeny miny mo that was that was effective but i just hated them all so much i didn't care i wanted them all to die <laughs> That's how Marissa sees it. <laughs> I I had said to Marissa, the thing that kind of wigs me out, and again, this goes back to um what's it, Steven and his control. Um, you know, I had said that it kind of, you know, never in a million years would you walk up to a colleague and be like, Hey, how you doing? Oh, hey, how you doing? My daughter got her period. Like that's not something that just like and you know, I think they're very focused on each of the children obviously um and i don't i can't decide whether the daughter has watched her parents have sex or they taught her how to have sex because when she is trying to seduce martin she does the exact same thing nicole kidman does so oh, it's like so creepy did she yeah, so did creepy. they teach her that or did she just spy on her parents having sex either way 
Ew, 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 ew. As a wise person once said, ew, <laughs> ew, 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 ew. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many oohs. I have so many oohs in my notes. My gosh, could you take that one more time? What was that, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that is so fair. And I think it's all by design, too. I think it it, it right. adds to something. I'm just not smart. Like, I, I did wrangle, wrangle my brain to be like, what is this movie saying then about, like, I, I don't know, uh, about, you know, I love the idea of the fate versus free will play. I also love the idea of this, the idea of how deserving this all is for them as a fate. Um, you're right, though. It's, I don't know what, I can't, I can't get a read on why they did that all and what it's all supposed to mean in some bigger context. It's there. It'll get there. My brain will get there. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. Well, I definitely think it has some sort of underpinning of the the scope of our existence and how we can get so micro obsessed with our lives that the macro like I you have to think that if if Stephen is the kind of guy that drinks a couple and goes under the knife when I say under the knife I mean he's using the knife I mean that probably wasn't the first time that happened probably the first time he lost a patient um but it, it it as we can see it really didn't impact his existence except for taking martin under his wing kind of thing yeah. um either he knows martin is capable of doing horrible things or he felt He's guilty at the beginning to... i like to think that he always knew martin was capable of what he could do he eats spaghetti like his dad um <laughs> but uh but yeah like that um really recognizing that whenever we like that idea of anyone who believes that they are bigger than whatever the grand design is and not saying that there's any sort of like religion but more just spirituality or just a universe that's out there that you know you're a blip and that's and that's interesting do you think just to follow suit that because is it does he deserve the punishment because he's playing god or does he deserve the punishment because he's just a fucking asshole at it because I had that. Are, are they mutually too. exclusive? They, yeah, they. Have I to think be, he's. I think. A, I think he's an asshole because he thinks he's God, but really he's just a king in but, popper's clothes, man. Yeah, but no, totally, a hundred percent. But totally, <laughs> I agree with you. I think I. I often wrangle with that the, that idea myself because it's like in it is karmic. It is allegorical that he gets. He deserves everything he gets coming, right? Like he deserves it. Unfortunately, it's not fair because his family's punished and not him directly. He should be the one to really have to lose his life. But so do all surgeons deserve this punishment then? If they get drunk and try to operate on somebody. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Negligent <laughs> surgeons, 100%. They all deserve whatever they get. But regular surgeons, aren't they playing God? Are they, aren't they by, ne- by, by your definition messing the, with the blip of it all? Would they all deserve this? No, I think, I think the hubris is what defines it. And now I understand your distinction, what you were Agreed. saying before between being an asshole and yeah, playing God, because I think you, you playing God is maybe that lives in the purview of a surgeon, but when you start believing that you are a, a God in a sense, little G, like that's when, you know, the Martins of the world will the come hubris. for you, so to right. speak. Right. I love that. And you're right. I think there is there's a very blurred line there of can you really do that and not eventually become godlike in your own head you know like can you be a surgeon 
and not be hubristic for the rest of your life? Can you be a CEO and not be a sociopath? Like those are all, it, you know. I think that depends on how good you are at it. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Like if you no, really suck at being a surgeon, then you probably don't have a God complex. <laughs> you probably have imposter syndrome is what you have. Touche, touche. Jackie, you look like you had something you had to say there to that. Uh, no, I was just kind of uh, kind of agreeing with what with how everything all played out what you guys were saying that like I don't think that all surgeons I don't think that all surgeons you know think that they are God and I agree that it's like when when they start to feel that way then you know the yeah, hubris it's a bit deserve- too it's a bit too much I don't think mm-hmm. that uh, punishment needs to be doled out to people who <laughs> for the most part are you know <laughs> have a have a little bit more of a bigger head I, i'm i'm not here for that but um <laughs> yeah, it depends on the situation <laughs> for you. <laughs> um all right so what's the allegory then if you like you're writing your paper it's overdue for school they're like all right a24 writing time the the lesson here the hidden meaning of this little of this little fable is blank for you groundhog day it's the scene that he was playing when he got up to go to bed. It's Groundhog Day when Bill Murray says he's God. Okay. That was the scene that was playing. And that that solidifies the God complex and how he's actually being put upon by a God who has targeted him for uh, punishment for his hubris. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Jaggy. A. I'll give you an A. I'll give you a not an A plus, not an A minus. I'm just going to go with the A. I don't want to commit, overcommit. <laughs> You know, little G for God, little A for yeah, me. We have too much. We have too much school year left. You got to work up to that A plus. I'll get it today, Jackie. Oh, you're one of those teachers, Jackie. I yeah. told you to hand that in. God damn it! Hurry up. I think it'd be okay. So here's here's at the end of the day, the it, children are terrible. Stay away from children <laughs> because they will try to ruin your life and they will punish you. So just oh just keep God. keep the children an arm's length away. A so this plus, is just- plus 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 plus. <laughs> and where were you? What the hell? Jackie finds Jackie finds the real dirty truth behind the A24 film. I agree. Goddamn kids ruin everything. That's um. Mine is that you just can't escape fate, no matter how hard you try. And and that's uh, again uh, to me, it was very poignant that he chose to just do itty bitty mighty bow and spin around and around until he shot one of them because it was it had to be left up to that and the mommy and me was so angry the whole time at how crappy it all was to watch you know like how stressful that would be in real life but yeah you know you just can't that little guy he never stood a chance so it's all just Should've a random just killed anna man like that oh gr- hard yes hard yes the minute the minute she proposed killing one of the kids because she could have another one it's like you know what i don't even need you I now you deserve kids. it yeah now you deserve to be killed you scumbag oh i had a question though i had a question when he is at the table and Anna is like bugging him and he says, yeah, let's just get the, you know, pubes of a virgin and a black raven feather or whatever. Is that, is that, do you think that's the real spell that would end? I tried it. It, it didn't work. No, I'm just kidding. That is hubris talking again. That is very, it, I, I kind of did love that part. And I, yeah, I don't, we should try it. See what happens. <laughs> Will it undo any curses that we are currently yes, under? For the shot. I'm not oh. reaching my full potential. <laughs> <laughs> um killing of a sacred deer what else what else are we missing ladies i mean that was that was pretty much i'd love to take this you know sacrificial bounty and 
hand it over to Bo because he kind of ended up being a sacrifice at the end of that film for his oh my god sacrifice yes, so to his own masculinity. We do have um, to kind of tether these two together because it it wound up being better paired than I thought when we first pitched it. Yeah, when I really started thinking about it, the the matriarchal god complex was palpable. Um, <laughs> you know, and in Bo and how Mona has constructed Bo's whole existence. And, you know, he lives in kind of this passive chaos where nothing is predictable, but she has, she owns every single piece of that. I don't know if you guys notice this, but one of the production companies listed is MW. So it's almost oh, like she made clever. the movie that we saw. That's clever. That the was world is cool hers, now. my friends. Yeah, I, this is by far my favorite Ari Aster movie. I am so deep what? in this rabbit hole. So wow, yeah. my mind is blown. <laughs> but I will let you guys go first, and then I will come come in hot with my all right. My yeah, because I I cannot <laughs> wait to hear what you think Mona represents beyond just a, like you know beyond the mother the maternal. <laughs> I'm I'm dying. Oh I'm yeah, dying I got that one. No, I mean okay, I can just I can... dive in if you want me yeah, to. Yeah, please. But... Like, can we start there? Because I'm just gonna you're gonna bury the lead otherwise. <laughs> well, I, I really represent the problematizing problematizing of the human condition. Um, essentially how various parts of human life have been defined as problems and they're an excuse for us to, you know, take pills and do these like interventions that aren't necessary because we're actually just trying to live our lives. Um it, you know the these they produce negative side effects that then become an excuse for further interventions and you know it's like tony drinking the paint like this is her chemical intervention to escape the grief of her brother and the loss of her parental love and i just love how every single like it's really the the drugs the housing the uh, how the the escapees in the woods this is all reactionary to just living your life and they're trying to fix it with these interventions that you don't need and i think that's so relevant and so poignant right now oh man see i'm gonna just politely <laughs> veer off of that and say that to me it's a like it's not the problematization of the human condition that he's afraid of it's just the human condition is that you know what i mean like that i think he's I, afraid of that that we're afraid of not him we're afraid of uh, oh so, yeah. yeah like I, I mean you're right and you're it's so true the the pro, like the the anti like the pills and the the metaphors for the ways with which we try to live because you have the city the suburbs the woods there's nowhere you can't escape it right um but th what i that's what she's representing because she's constructed this narrative for him to follow she's testing him this is kafka's the trial see, I just think it's, extended yeah, I just, See, I would argue that it is the trial extended, but the it's 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 about realizing how fucking useless it all is and how hard it is to find a reason to move forward once you realize that. So I don't blame the pills or the all the the methods which, which we use to cope, even capitalism as much as I hate capitalism. Um, I, I blame the human condition itself. How do you escape it? It's so miserable and horrible that there's we we can't live with it. So we do all these terrible, terrible things to to try to get away with it. And your argument is that we should just embrace it correct no 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 
<laughs> that I like think we that should mo- just be okay with human like what life is with the human yes like our our human condition i think there is a yeah like a proliferation of misapplied therapeutic lingo out there right now That's people fair. diagnosing themselves and you know deciding that they have adhd when they've never seen anyone about it like they little things like that like the, what the tiktok therapist pop therapy uh, stuff yeah, like that like oh, yeah. it's a rough no, one and there's, everyone there's needs to have Everyone needs to have a problem. Everyone needs to have a trauma. Everyone needs to have a an issue. And people really have these issues. But and Bo actually represents, he's somebody who from a very young age, we saw it when they get to the house, was medicated by his mother in you know he was the model he's he he was given a new experimental drug he lives in the rehabilitation housing for people who abuse his mom's drugs like he he's the whole thing is constructed and then i'm not sure whether the inciting moment is before he loses the keys in the door or not if the if the keys were part of the test but essentially she's just trying to push him to make a decision but he can't and so she put she gives the there's the keys okay he can't make a decision to come out to see her and she guilts him for that uh then he gets uh you know he he doesn't drink the thing with the water and he's screwed that that up and um then his, his the, the surgeon nathan lane is part of her network ps yeah he's his pictures yeah. on the wall yeah I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's so many little details his like was that the only one amazing. i caught i feel like i missed i must have missed yeah. other ones like i um, want to know I think how julian, she jeeves <laughs> i think julian richings was a plant um oh. jeeves is probably just a person who's abused the drugs um, just like Bo and every yeah, everyone so, else, like the black eyed tattooed guy who got bit by the black re- brown recluse. Like birthday boy was was just real, I think. Right. Like that's when that's when the movie messed with me the most is that once I went back and was like, oh, shit, this was all constructed. And then mm. I was like, but wait, how much of it was, was the attack? Like, I just like fell in that like moment of like still not being able to wrap my yeah. brain around the idea. Because that- some things just aren't, right? Like right. Jeeves she cannot possibly be alive. that city. That was just what her, what the drugs did oh, to no, those her people. business. Right. Yeah. Like her, but it's her, it's the drugs of her business and they built and the- she didn't the, construct the people in the woods, to- right? She, what? did she? No, but I, I think Julian Richings is her plant. The dad. Uh, the, the one who said he cared for the dad. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, really? Yes, see, I don't. I, I can't wrap my brain around. I need to like. This is why I can't. This all day. I'm like, <laughs> I can't. Like for the past two days since I saw this movie, I'm like, I can't fully yeah. wrap my brain around it. All right. So I yeah. love this theory. I I completely can get on board with all of that. I can I can venture off a little bit. We more I would argue pessimistic than yours, where I kind of just say like it's it's the re- like it's not our fault that we problemize it because it's so horrible that we can't live with it um both on the macro and micro levels jackie what's your take on Bo? you buying any of this bs <laughs> um Bo is too long doesn't need to be three hours <laughs> like let's 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 go right to it doesn't but, need no, to be three hours truth bomb right there um, so yeah. true <laughs> no honestly um now i did have to i i broke it up i watched it for an hour and a half and then came back to it the next day um finished the movie I have to say, surprisingly, again, I didn't dislike the movie. Um, Didn't love it. Uh, Don't know that I would ever watch it again. But I will say that I could go down a rabbit hole and listen to other people speak about it and listen to theories 
like for the next seven hours like the <laughs> theories around it i think are so cool whether it's it's a dream whether it's he died when he got hit by the car and this is purgatory or this is his road to hell um mm. it's all in his head because he's a schizophrenic like there's all these different theories that i had started to to look at online and like i said i could i could listen to people talk about this movie without ever having to watch it again that's fine it was interesting <laughs> i want to say that it kept me engaged but i did kind of check my watch a couple times just because i knew it was three hours and i i kind of wanted to see you know i liked one of the theories that i found online that i liked the best was that um after the scene in the city when Bo goes to Nathan Lane's house, he's actually in a mental institute at that point because he can't leave. All these scenarios are happening and he can't leave. Obviously, Nathan Lane is the doctor, the wife, Grace. She is the nurse. Uh, Tony is a patient that he has to share a room with. And she's very unhappy that she has to share a room with him. Jeeves is obviously another patient there. And all of these scenarios of him trying to leave and he can't leave. And again, it's in his head, but, you know, he's in this mental institution. But when you kind of want to, you know, I don't want to say for everybody, but in Bo's scenario, um, you have this idyllic suburb. You have this perfect home with this seemingly perfect family and this idyllic suburb, beautiful home, lush garden. Everything is wonderful. Like, where else would you rather be than the institution and again this is all theories and and what have you um I hate it what's that <laughs> i said i don't hate it that's yeah. an interesting interpretation it, is, it it really is and and obviously uh, i don't i don't know that it has changed in the last few months but um ari aster has gone on record of you know he won't explain he won't confirm he won't do anything he leaves it very open to interpretation which is why i think we have theories abound um my thought on Mona and Mona. I said I'm like Mona um <laughs> I said it's more maybe like not a theory but kind of more a character study but I had said that you know everything that's happening to Bo is trauma caused by Mona and I said Mona is the result of what happens when you have to conform to society and have a child when you don't want to but you know at the time that Bo was born what was he was born in the in the late uh 70s um at the time that Bo was born I mean again this is a time when you have a woman who is trying to build this empire she's trying to you know have this you know she's CEO and what have you and you know at that time especially they're like well but you're a woman you know like you can't be running a business and making things happen you need to be home you need to be making children you know that's your role is you get married you have kids you you know the the picket fence and the whole nine and I had said that you know because she is just so Bo is Bo is ended up being a prop to her after she had Bo um, he was nothing more than something that she could use and there was really never any love and so that was my thought that this is this is what happens when you are forced or you know just decide to conform to something that you don't want to do but society dictates that you have to do it and so you do I love it that. and then you're just a shitty parent 
Wow. No, that's, well, that's a profound reading. I, I do really love that. Um, I will say too, there is a moment where she kind of presses the fact that how her mother treated her and, and it seems like it was even harsher than how she treats Bo. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of crazy that maybe even some of that was put on her by her mother. Like, you know, I had you, you have to carry on the lineage. You have to carry on the generational trauma. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I, I think like it's too. interesting how far back even that reading can go. Like the, maybe even the mother before her was some, didn't want, you know, mm -hmm. and now it, it just keeps going because of that, um, which is very interesting to me because then you have the very agrarian masculine fantasy of Bo having three kids and he really wants that life like he's that's something that he desires so I even love that reading paired against his fantasy um, I like that a lot yeah yeah um because um, because he is such a say, good dad in his little yeah and, and yeah I will say I personally think that embracing the psychotic world in which Bo lives is the only way you can truly enjoy this movie. Like if you start putting caveats about mental institutions or it's all in his head or the new drug he's on is a hallucination or he died, like when you put those caveats on it, I feel like it is much less enjoyable. I'm, I enjoy it a lot more as like you know, when you read Kafka's like metamorphosis and it's like, okay, is he a cockroach? Is there a metaphor for a cockroach? And it's like, well, yeah, obviously it it's metaphorical. Obviously it's a metaphor, but right? <laughs> when you're reading it, it's more enjoyable to think that it's a big cockroach. Um, and so I, th I think that one of the things I did early on in the movie, because uh, I was very early on, I think it was like the moment when he was running to his apartment and the uh, tattooed guy was running in after him. That was the moment I decided that everything in the ha world was happening for real life. And when I did that, I feel like that made me enjoy the movie a lot more than any of the hallucinatory readings of it, because I think that's a cop out. And I think it takes away Bo's agency. And I know he doesn't have a lot of agency to begin with. Um, glad you glad you put that asterisk in there, boo. You have to you have to give him some. Otherwise, he's a terrible protagonist. And so the agency comes from him. I mean, yeah, it's running away, but it is an agency. And that wouldn't exist if he was if, if, just, if, was if he was already dead. Yeah, this was like, I'd be, I'd be, I'd have been sad with that, like, DSX Machina, if that were the case. Um, I wanted to just live in this world. And here's my big aha moment for me, is that Mona represents God. And, like, the most organized religion, literal theory of God. And even faking her own death, you could even put a Jesus spin on that. There's, um, there's so much, you can! All right. There's it's so just much... so fucked up that she faked her own death. That's the only reason I'm laughing. Is uh, so <laughs> I know, she's, she's so, she, and, like, and I love- he can't come because of his keys. So she pretends a chandelier she fell on her head. Like, fucking fuck? right. And she, she, right. Like, and, and what, regardless of how long she has manipulated him and messed him up from the get-go. And I think it, it can be read as, as a condemnation of organized religion because it, it takes all the horrible things that happen in like a place, like a city that's all falling apart. It, and it criticizes that it criticizes the myth of the burbs and everybody's okay. Cause they can afford the medication and everybody's it, it's all clean and lovey dovey. And then it, it also kind of pokes fun at the, the myth of escaping that of, of going back to more paganist woodsy 
tradition and shirking it to me if you read this film as a as a condemnation of organized religion i think it's a little delicious and i i like that i love your problemization of human condition totally agree with the cops i even tried to like read uh, there were so many failed attempts in my head at like academia i was like this is the odyssey and now i'm gonna map out exactly how he's odysseus or like this is you know like and they just never picked up steam enough for me to to buy them but my two big ones that i think i'll i'll die on the hill of and i didn't purposefully stayed away from the research for this reason is i want to read mona as god as a metaphor for god and i want to read uh the whole thing as a story on just how horrific the human condition truly is and how the hero the hero's journey is always going to end this way because it has to because we live in this world that's so bad also i if mona is the god then the giant dick represents to me this the one of the things that the gods can never beat which is like the carnal human nature you know like there's so many fun delicious things you could do if you tease it that way but like okay that. that's my I I, that's really the like rabbit hole yeah well that's and the I, rabbit hole I, I was I gonna now. say too I was thinking about this because I remember when I was watching the um his fantasy sequence where he's imagining you know the, his his agency masculine life where he's not emasculated and he can you know exist um I, there there's the flood and there's and when you when you there's a bit of a reading where he has these kind of noah moses uh, old yes, testament there are biblical, like roles yes yes there's and, a biblical and even, read to that even in his fantasy like he can't escape the, the the resurrection of what that would mean um yeah and you could so i with- think that plays really well you could play with the character. All right, if I want to get really weird, and this is the, I promise this is the wackiest. Let's get weird with it. <laughs> the wackiest and eight, most A24 my notes got, the twin and the brother being some metaphor for like Jesus or for like older religions or all this. It's just, you could get really wacky with it. And I, I love it. The Holy Ghost. The Holy yeah, Ghost exactly. is the dick. <laughs> the dick the th- it's three, two balls. And- that's it guys i'm gone i'm so far gone the rabbit hole this is why i love these movies yeah because this is ridiculous because i'll fall down that rabbit hole or i'll fall down the the kafka rabbit hole so happily with this film (laughs) love it that's a24 to me and a beautiful chef's kits like that's why i could watch everything everywhere all at once over and over and over because every time i'm like wait a minute and i finally like think i got it for good (laughs) no but you never even have to get it you never even have to get it. That's the beauty to, uh, to of them is that they don't require you to get it. Yeah. And that's kind of also what I liked about, uh, I was I was very afraid that Bo is Afraid was going to be a slog. I thought it was going to be an indulgent Artur piece that just like was ampl- amplifying everything Ari Aster had done in Midsummer and Hereditary up to like 22. And I mean, he he almost got there, but it wasn't a slog. No one can say it was boring <laughs> to watch. Like, even if you don't understand a lick of it, it's so entrancing. I and and that was one thing for me and too. Beautiful, where it was like, like cinematic. Yeah, yeah. And I think the only way people don't enjoy it is if there's like, if they if they think of it as like the yeah, like he's some sort of pat- protagonist who's supposed to be moving everything forward, and it's like he's not. like let it go he's just gonna run away from everything he is emasculated from the get-go she cut his dick off and hit it in the top thing and it grew into a monster just like his swollen testicles so (laughs) it's funny because i i gotta give credit to liz williams from scariest things who recommended i watch it she was like watch it as vignettes if you if you cut it up it'll it'll pair beautifully or at least better because she's not a fan but i agree i think i split it over three watchings and had i not i think i would have been a little i would have looked at the i looked at the 
o'clock and I was cutting it up. So I do have to say it's, it's, you got to devote, I'd say not seeing it as a little wee bit of a slog at points is as much as I enjoyed it. I'm just going to say, I'm not shocked by people saying three hours of this is a little much. I know. I don't know why three hours of it is a little much. Yes. I I was was still, I was interested in it. Like I, you know, it definitely kept going, but it, it, I would, I would categorize this one a little bit schloggy for me. Um, Man, just call me Alice because I fell in that rabbit hole, man. (laughs) I do like, I did see, I was looking some stuff up because obviously like the first thing I did was like, all right, Ari Aster, what are you trying to say? And that's when I found all of this. He's not saying anything. He's like, hey, what do you He'll say it eventually. Leave it open. I I contest that this is the third in what I call his traumology, traumology, like a trilogy of trauma. Yeah. Um. Because all of Ari Aster's films, they feature a protagonist that is a puppet on a predetermined track and it's headed for some sort of like annihilation, right? Um, hereditary, you have the son who, you know, he, there's nothing he can do. It's all very deterministic. Uh, so it kind of, which, yeah, like predetermined, predestination, uh, determinism that, you know, free will is just an illusion granted because of human ignorance. People are ignorant of the things that came before them. And a lot of that comes from the generational lineage point of view of things. Yeah. So, it, and, and all of them are Even this, uh, Danny, Danny and Midsummer. Yeah. She was, she, I mean, there, she was, she like, was trying so hard to escape, uh, the, what happened to her family. And but what she ended up doing was finding a new family. She was able to be embraced by the cult because of that. But it was it. I mean, for them, that that was kind of their goal when those people came. If Danny wasn't there, it would have been somebody else that they would have that would have fulfilled that role for them. So she was her, put on that. You could argue it was a happy ending for her, though, like that. It exactly. Well, which yeah. I love. I mean, it, yeah, what I love about I mean, it, it also means she's a murderer. So there's a there's a certain soul annihilation in there. You know, <laughs> I know I argue too favorably for it ended happily for her because I just I just did love that film. Well, no, I think um, from her point of view, it absolutely ended happily. But I think that I mean, she is murder kills a part of your soul to get a little Harry Potter with it. And that's and so she loses pieces of her soul when she become when she embraces that life and that love. Yep, that's why I hid my soul in Horcruxes, just in case, <laughs> because you don't want to mess yeah. around with that. You can't just, exactly. You can't just mess I mean, if your soul's going to split in half, you might as well put it in might something. Might as well put it in something, right? Jack is a Horcrux. <laughs> Be careful. One of my Horcruxes. Be careful. <laughs> Treat her good. If I ever need to destroy Marissa, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Jack. She's my next <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You are, Jack. You're can my say that. I can say that, you know, I, I saw an article that talked about the overanalyzation of movies. Um, and I think I'd mentioned this to Marissa earlier that I said that it was really quite brilliant on Ari Aster's uh, behalf to to kind of say like, you know, well, what do you think? I'm not going to say what I thought, you know, watch the movie. Because then you have this entire internet full of and i'll say quote you know academics that you know you don't know how many articles i saw that are like this is the real meaning of those <laughs> afraid and finally <laughs> i don't think you can say that i can yeah. explain to you like so many people like i watched so many videos and read so many articles where it is finally explained and the true ending is revealed and it's like the dude opened it up like we want to talk about hubris you know it's like all those (laughs) people that 
that title their articles with finally the ending explained and it's like you're i dare you to title our this episode yeah. with Bo is finally explained that's gonna be the <laughs> I will say it's 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 definitely a marketing tactic. It's algorithmically favorable to yeah. put those kind of titles on things. But yeah, I definitely see where you're going with it. And I think uh, it always reminds me of Laura Mulvey. Uh, her like um, I looked up the quote because I wanted to make sure I said it correctly. It is said that in analyzing pleasure or beauty, it destroys it. And you I love that know. quote. You can that's overthink because sometimes because yeah, that's I think that like to your point of like I I think if we slog through all of those articles and all of those things it's like you're not going to enjoy the movie for what it is anymore you're just going to like live in this analysis world and sometimes i have to like I, as a as a serial offender um i have to i was going like, to say separate like, myself from it because have you guys met me I like wanna... i feel like you're talking about me and i'm in the room i'm here all right here <laughs> yeah, but no, you my my thing we is had that... a podcast about that <laughs> and i still yes, love that the two quote. of you the two of you understand the difference between fact and theory like you or don't opinion, believe right? that your theory is fact you don't really? neither one of you believe that you i am a professional opinion haver thank you very much <laughs> you guys sorry. understand the difference i'm sorry and- i thought this was america this <laughs> america this is america i'm sorry i thought this was america where my opinion is my fact <laughs> is it your truth is i your read it in an article truth? aka right. saw it in a reel i was gonna yeah. say i read it and read it it's so real I read, um, I read it. <laughs> I I do have to give Bo a little bit of credit, and Marissa, you'll be proud of me on this one, because, look, okay, Hereditary. Marissa and I we saw Hereditary. We did an episode on it, and Marissa was saying that like days later she is still processing, and I'm like, I walked out of the theater and like I had like the Smurfs theme song playing in my head, like it did not get me, it did not affect me. <laughs> You know, and I am somebody that it could, you know, especially at the time it came out, that was very like around the time of my brother's death. So like the grief element could very well have been like, you know, ticking time bomb in my head, but it just, mm. it just didn't. I, I enjoyed the movie. It was a one and done. I love, maybe I would watch it again. I don't know. I love Tony Collette, but the whole point of that is Bo, I think I will take with me a little bit for the coming days because- and here's why, personally, for me, as a little schloggy as I did find it, I, this movie was really personally effective to me because it was so reminiscent of a theme that happens in my nightmares. And I unfortunately uh-huh. have a lot of nightmares, apparently more so than the normal person I found out. Um But one of the occurring things that happens in my nightmares all the time is I had one last night. Um, I'm supposed tell to tell me be... it has to do with a giant dick. No, unfortunately, <laughs> no, no. But like, Dude. I'll have to like be somewhere. My dream last night, um, I was going to Colorado. A friend of mine recently uh, just had a baby. And in my dream, I was going to Colorado to visit my friend. And I remember that in my dream, I was like, you know, I had my ticket and it was on the you know on a magnet on the fridge you know there's the ticket and then I remember like oh she just had a baby I want to buy a gift for the baby and I had my cell phone and I'm trying to look up mall Colorado Springs and like for some reason like it was like it came up like there's no such thing as malls there and I'm like okay well maybe it would be a target and like for whatever reason I couldn't complete the task and then I remember like oh my god like 
you have to check into your flight. And I'm like, I need to download the American Airlines app and I should get an Uber. And I remember like having like, I don't remember how to spell Uber and I can't find So you have dreams about having mom brain. I I I don't know. Like I just have these dreams where like (laughs) I have to do something or go somewhere. And there's always this, there's just continual obstacles that don't make sense. But in my dreams, they make sense. And like to see it on screen in the lens of like Bo's point of view, like he's got to go to the airport. He woke up late. And now his keys and his bag are missing. He turned his back for three seconds. And I'm like, it really made me have that feeling in the pit of my stomach. I'm like, I just had this nightmare. Like, and it's something that like, that's, I'm going to carry that a little bit with me because I'm like, it kind of was like creepy real to me because I'm like, I have that nightmare all the time where I'm like, I can't, I just need to, you know, like in this movie, he just needs to get to his mom's funeral. He just needs to get there. And all of these stupid nonsensical obstacles are not letting him go. And for some reason that just felt like a little, it hit a little too home. It hit hit home for me a little bit because of my nightmares. Have you ever like looked into the dream analysis of it and seen like what that could be? Because I would love to know since it is they are so like psychologically similar. Yeah, yeah, Jackie, we should make a dream analysis person come on and fucking wreck wreck that for you. That'd be fun. I thought you were gonna say wreck me. I'm like, why are you wrecking me? It might wreck you. Uh, I think that Bo does do a good job of really hitting upon all of our fears of something right like whether it's the micro trauma with the parental you know you know and like you said i love calling these like the trilogy of of trauma because they so are but like i i think this movie does a good job like a couple of the scenes made me be like oh i I can feel his panicky angst you know like and and it made it help the move the movie move for me because like whether it was getting chased in the woods, whether it was like, there were so many things that I was like, the city scene, especially having grown up in a like city environment that didn't always feel so safe. That really got me, man. I was uncomfortable. Yeah. I was like, hey, birthday guy's coming. Like, and I'm someone who is scared of like the news and shit. So like, oh man, I can't tell you how this movie does. The water, when, when he's like that. trying to make change or get, oh, get pay yeah. for the water and he's watching oh, all of the people go into his apartment oh. at that scene. And then when he's in the bathtub and he like actually recognizes the guy above him yeah. and you just sit there with that for a minute. Oh, There's a lot that makes you so right. Like, or even like the, the, you were a father and you were supposed to like that. It fucking messes with your head. Cause like the, the parent then like gets all like the trauma of yeah. all that. Just it, it, the, see, the more I think about it, I told there you was, guys, I have no idea how I'm landing, but now I love it. There yeah. was actually this really, I, I, I didn't realize this until I was like looking into it a little bit more, but there's, <laughs> you know how at the very beginning he walks by the photo of his dad and he's like, hi dad. And his face is blurred. And it's, you know, just this easy metaphor for who is like that his dad isn't there he doesn't really know who his dad is did anyone else notice that he's nailing a nail into a brick wall oh i didn't that's hilarious (laughs) so it's it's very interesting because i feel like that really plays into his like repressed masculinity and like not knowing what a man is and my my thought is that she just like his mom gave him this photo of this like stereotypical man's man but he's not even doing manly things correctly like (laughs) and I just love that like like she doesn't even recognize how absurd her attempt at like bringing that closure to his life is 
she effectively neuters him i mean god he's not allowed to oh my god yeah by telling him that's yeah not allowed to bust a nut (laughs) i know then when he finally does she dies that's so delicious which i don't think that was actually elaine i think that parker posey's character it was hired to be elaine because the mom only ever knew him to be interested in one woman Oh, see, I said, oh, she kept Elaine as like a sort of like, like she she kept tabs I on a later. I thought whole that life. at first. Yeah, the mom until she's her. like until she showed her and was like until she showed up and was like she owes me money. I worked for her until last week. Like, oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. Now, did yeah. did the mom kill Elaine? What did Elaine die of then? I think I think she had some sort of ticking time bomb that like <sighs> Elaine said that Mona set up. Okay. See, that's if you're going to buy that the whole thing is Mona set up, I have to rewatch it in that lens because I only like partially. Oh, I love it. Delicious. I, it might, and maybe I'm writing too much off because when you do think of it as Mona set the whole thing up, like you see everything. Like all of a sudden, all the pieces are like, wow. Like uh, Grace, Grace isn't a part of it, um, but she tries to warn him. Like, yeah, because she does. Yeah. Yeah. The channel. Like she knows. I that read he's that. Yeah, that being, I read. You know, and like, yeah, Tony is real. Like, t- Tony really drinks paint and kills herself. That's why Grace freaks out. It's just the there's the things that weren't supplied by the mom, but happened because of the circumstances she put into play. Maybe I'm maybe I'm simplifying it too much. I like the reading that like the mom is is influencing. Like, I'd like to think that like when Tony and her friend and all them were smoking, like that was laced with something like she was like the mom was the Mona had a direct hand in Tony killing herself. I, I think love it. I love how open for interpretation it is. So you're saying that Mona like just wanted Tony out of the way because she was like too volatile or like just didn't know. want her influencing the situation. I don't I don't know. Yeah, because I know to, at one point Tony actually says like you failed your stupid test. And that's, I mean, figuratively, that's Bo has already failed because he didn't stand up to Nathan Lane and say, no, you need to take me to the airport. Right. So that's that's him already failing his test. My reading of that is that does play into like the problemizing. I think I mentioned this before is Tony drinking the paint is the only chemical intervention that she can control. So she's getting given these chemicals by her parents. She's you know, if Jackie's correct, then she's getting laced marijuana with things like she's all of that. And so she's trying to escape the, the actual grief of her brother and the loss of her parental love by intervening with another chemical compound, which happens to be the paint because it's the only life she's ever known chemical intervention so i really like that yeah yeah i like the scene the one scene when in the middle of the night when Bo is about to like leave his room and she's just on the couch and she's eating her pills like fucking chips like she's just dipping and she's snacking she's snacking Mm -hmm. on her pills yeah it's like nothing else is working for her you gotta give it to them you gotta these are both films that are as much as we're kind of like the people who overanalyze it, like dive into that's what makes me love these. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, maybe the difference is I, I'm smart enough to know that I know nothing and that all of this is just purely speculative. But um, I like I like it better when it's this. conversational and not pretending to be the be all and end all answer. Of exactly. Everything. 
Yeah, we really, like, you know what? Say- I apologize. We should have bought in a guest tonight who could have told us the end all be all of all yeah. of this. Like, we needed somebody to either mansplain this to me or like, you know, somebody who <laughs> well, would then, be like, Mercy, you're wrong. Respect. If me. you pretend, if you pretend like Mona actually directed the movie, then uh, <laughs> then that's how that's what it is. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Oh my god, I hope she did. I hope Mona's yeah. r- real life Ari's actual mom. That would be a plot twist I would not see. That would be the most A24 thing to ever happen. <laughs> Patty Lapone is Ari Aster's mom. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Plot twist, no one sees coming. Who's the actress who played the young mom? Um, I I forget her her or something. She's in uh, mm, 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 uh, New Girl. She plays the senator who goes out with. Oh yeah, she plays um, Fawn Moscato. Vaughn Moscato, yes. Vaughn Moscato. That's right. That is. I I do. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, I've only ever seen her in comedies. Yeah, yeah, I've only ever seen her in that. Yeah, that was Fawn Moscato. So it was very weird to see her in this role, like trying it's to be like, her, especially in the flashbacks when she like when he's having the memory of his quote unquote twin. Um, it was very hard to take her seriously. <laughs> I'm glad they had Patty LuPone uh-huh. be the older version of her because like Pat Patty LuPone as a presence where she like yeah. Zoe Lister Jones is uh her name and she was just I and it's unfortunate because it's just because of the other things I've seen her in it had nothing to do her performance was fine oh, yes yeah I didn't recognize but, her so yeah <laughs> it didn't bother me um and well speaking of performances Joaquin Phoenix is I mean people can say what they will about this <gasps> film but he again needs to be acknowledged more than he will people will be ever like since, but ever since I'm still here ever since I saw that I everything he does he cannot do wrong I know I, I, I love everything way. because I'm still here was such a brilliant stroke of ridiculousness and I loved every minute of it agreed <laughs> yeah uh, no and I I love I'm such a uh, ever since like well he did Johnny Cash so cute um well I, um, Colin Farrell too I will say in uh oh. Zach, yeah the killing of a sacred deer like I've I don't know what happened. Like he took some sort of break or something when he started work. Like ever since in Bruges, I think he's just been incredible. And in, I think everything that he's been yeah, doing. Yeah, because he's in the I lobster too. Seen, yeah, I still haven't seen that or um, sirens of it. it. I'm I'm turning it into a Lovecraft story. Yeah, no, uh, the, I know what you're talking about. In, in Smith, the one the one he was uh, they just got nominated for, but yeah, the one with funny. that I, I don't love him, but you know. I think they I'll both did excellent it. jobs in their respective roles. Okay, um, no, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I also thought it was interesting because I want to say that Joaquin Phoenix, this is this is the same role as Joker. A, a, a traumatized boy child who's over yeah. reluctant overly thing on and it but but he plays them totally differently which is amazing even though it's I mean technically it's they're the same dude if you think God, about I it. hate that film. The Joker. I'm willing so like to forgive Bo him. If Bo could have made a decision, he would have gone the route of Joker. Exactly. You have to think that Robert De Niro's studio is right down the street from that rehab God, I center. Hate that movie. <laughs> I hate that movie so much. Um, but I'm also excited uh, for the sequel, which is just my hypocrisy bleeding through. What are you going to do? Um, <laughs> I'll see Lady Gaga as uh, whatchamacallit. I'll see what happens. All right. Anything else? There's so much else, but I don't know, you know, what else? Yeah, I think I, I feel like bringing up anything else will lead to another like 30 minutes of so true. I just think <laughs> that I just I really did enjoy both of these so much. And I think they tie so like if you're if you're looking for a God complex double feature, look no further than Killing of a Sacred Deer and Bo is Afraid. So true. I, I, I do want to just have this on record that I think my most favorite part you were saying that like the mother, the the young mother 
you recognized her from New Girl. So it kind of, it was strange to see her in a role like that. Um, not strange, but just, it was different for you to see her in a role like that. At the end, when Richard Kind is playing the attorney, I'm like, <laughs> that's the dumb brother from A Bug's Life. That's the guy <laughs> from Mad About You. I think Richard Kind is is like, he's he's a character actor. He's that guy from that thing. He's also a national treasure. And to see him up there, like, yelling at Bo, I was like, oh, no. Can you just go back to being funny and cute? Can you... I know they took a lot of funny, cute actors and gave them like pretty, like, because Nathan Lane and, and Holly from The Office, as I like to call her. Holly and, like, all, Yeah. <laughs> like all, it was just, I don't know. It was, it, I enjoyed both these films. And yeah, Katie, I got to give it to you. Happy accident. They paired together like this, mm-hmm. like Chef's Kiss. They were so good. Um, I know. And I'll say, if we're talking about actors, I just have to once again, like Julian Richings. I know he was so brief in this, but I uh, anything for Jackson, it oh was so what do good. I know you need more from? Julian Richings exactly. in your life. Oh my god! Well, he's Death in Supernatural is the That's first I time know. I ever seen him. Okay, he was in, I was gonna say I'm like I know his face. He was a cannibal in Wrong Turn, the original. Um, he's the skinny one. Um, okay. but now now that you've seen him and you know who he is in Julian Richings, you'll see him in everything. But if you want to see him in a starring role. Anything for Jackson. Anything and for Jackson was rough. I that was I couldn't that one made me crawl in my own skin in all the best ways. I enjoyed it thoroughly and I enjoyed him in that. But yeah, yeah. that's um, supernatural. That's okay. Yeah, that's where I know him from because I know I'm like he is a firm. I know that face. Yeah. So oh man, um, when that song hits and he's walking from the Mustang, oh man, it's just so perfect. <laughs> I need to watch that show. I gotta get through it. Um. So anyway, Katie, as always, thank you so, so much for coming on to chat with us. Where can we find you these days? Where can we get more delicious academia? Well, uh, not so much delicious academia. I'm not doing Fair. much. Um, I'm, I'm getting uh, my vocal uh, catalog together. So I have two published stories on vocal right now. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to get some more just to keep the fiction career going yes. um, you know as much as I love the analysis and all of that I really love crafting the stories and creating the things that people will talk about so that's my my focus has been uh you can follow me on uh Instagram or Twitter uh Gypsy Witch CC on both of them I do not go on Twitter like ever so fair me neither anymore um <laughs> I like I I got coerced into signing up and then I never go on it same i'm kind of done with it i'm ready to cut the cord thank you marissa because this yeah this backfired for me (laughs) this was crafted to be the 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 winter of jackie's discontent forcing me to watching an entire month long uh of episodes of a24 (laughs) movies and yeah uh, unfortunately for marissa i really enjoyed uh the black coat's daughter i really enjoyed what was the other one we watched Saint Maud really left Saint a Maud. mark. Yes, I really enjoyed Saint Maud. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, she really these two really, really, really moved her. <laughs> yeah, I, these two, I, like I said, I don't dislike them. Um, but again, they're That's gonna it. be next typical... week. Med and Lamb that'll fix you. They, they're, they're <laughs> typical A twenty fours where I watch them. I go, huh? I have a cool conversation about them, and then I'll probably never watch them again. But um, yeah, it did. Like, kind we gotta of go deeper down. We gotta dive deeper, Jackie. I'm deeper. telling you, I'm gonna torture you with something like men. That'll get you right back on the A24 haterade. Um, <laughs> dude, and do, Katie, don't even act like you're about to defend Lamb because I'm gonna be very angry. <laughs> I I never I didn't even see it. 
Oh, good. No, you're not missing anything. Trust me. Um, and this is coming I tell from you, me, you guys. Here's, here's my thing. Like, as much as I loved these movies, it was really hard for me to buckle. Like, it took me this long to watch either of them. Like, I needed a reason. And so I'm glad that you proposed this to me because I wanted to watch them, but it was just never my first choice. So, oh, you know, th- there is that so about perfect. A24 that like you know it's it's hard I think this is to Jackie's point is like if I'm gonna put on something to really enjoy it's not gonna be these two it's gonna be Return of the Living Dead again (laughs) always the right choice too I might add always the right choice um (laughs) no totally agree with you you're right these uh, Bo was never like neither of these movies were ever like oh I'm gonna watch because it's work it's like it's you gotta read your textbook you know what I mean like you do you want to do work tonight or do you want to enjoy yourself like that's you can't do both with A24 that's the truth yeah. I'm glad I did it, but I never would have done it on my own. So exactly. Like yeah. so many classics. Which, you know yeah. what is it? It's, that's a credit to, to you, Katie. That's a huge credit to Marissa that, you know, instead of me, yeah, like how you say, you just sit down and watch Return of the Living Dead. And instead of me watching Con Air again, um, yeah, Marissa, right Marissa makes me watch movies that, and nine times out of 10, I will say that I eat crow and I'm like, okay, well, that was good. And I probably <laughs> should have watched that earlier. And all right. Um, <laughs> she's but, like, I'll allow it. I'll uh, you allow know, it to exist. That's the way it goes. But now, um, no, I love it. this, this you, month I... of A24 has been interesting to say the least. And again, my favorite part at the end of the day is getting to hang out with you fine folks and having a really cool conversation. And, you know, not going to lie, every now and then I love when I say something and I make Marissa just beam with pride because her, uh, sweet, her sweet baby angel has has come off uh, sounding a wee bit smart. No, yeah, you've impressed me with the, with, you, with each of these episodes because you have had brilliant inter- insights and brilliant conversations because you just you just pretend and I see I see the real you girl I see your true <laughs> colors. <laughs> oh man, well, no more t- torture. You did it. You That's made it. Through. I, I did. I did. I made it through a twenty four January. So yep, you I survived. think we probably well need to do like full Cleanse moon February. <laughs> Dude, I want to come back for that. Hell yeah, full moon February. That would be amazing. Oh my god, I think we're on to something. Full moon February might be the winner for February, y'all. It might be. So we hope you guys uh, have enjoyed. If you have seen either one of these movies, let us know. Give us your theory. What do you think is happening with Bo? Um, Don't forget to check us out on your favorite social media not on your favorite social well it could be your your favorite podcasting app or maybe your favorite social media maybe you like us are just screw twitter and you're an instagram person or maybe you are a facebook girly do the thing give us the like uh give us a comment and uh we will see you guys next time a uh, bow bye <laughs> oh no <laughs> And uh, you know what? I can't say anything. I'm Ari Astherd. I was going to say that was a really <laughs> bad pun, but here you're I go. right. You're Jake Gyllenhaal's. When did I you think of that? that? I need to know when. When did you think of that? A while ago. Yeah. <laughs> like before I think we for started the hereditary episode. Yeah. Oh like, no, Bo this... Bye. When did you think of Bo Bye? Like when oh, did you like decide you were going to say 30 it? Thirty seconds before I said it. Yeah. I wish oh, I was really? that clever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have thought it. If I'd have thought it through, I'd have talked myself out of it. Usually, I could talk myself out of the bad <laughs> jokes. Today, it just didn't work.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network.